excited. All right. Here we are, Brandon and Mark. It's game week. Game USC. week. USC versus ASU. It's been a long time coming, my man. Man, literally. Seriously. The longest offseason. Yeah, you know, this morning when we were talking with uh, with Clay, March 15th was the last time these guys, you know, together in the spring mm-hmm. until these last few weeks, four or five weeks of fall camp. So, yeah, it's been a <laughs> – it's been a long off season, but you know, I guess we're finally here. Right. So that we have something to be happy about, you know. Right. We're gonna be kicking off. Nine so, a.m. bright and early. It was funny. It was, I was watching a little bit of the Monday Night Football game tonight. And it was on ESPN, and they were pumping up the Oregon and Stanford game uh, because ESPN's game day is going to be at, in Eugene. Oh, okay. So uh, they're going to be fluffing, you know, from their end. Fox is going to be at the Coliseum in the morning doing the ASU-USC game. So all eyes are going to be on the Pac-12, you know, uh, this weekend. We'll see how that goes. But it was funny, during the Monday Night Football game, the guys were making a point. It's like, yeah, this game will be at 4.30 West Coast time, not that 9 a.m. You know, I'm <laughs> and it was just like a little bit of a dig right there. I'm on the wrong side because I like the 9 a.m. But see, I don't I don't live in L.A., so I don't have the tailgating experience all the time. So I, I'm just glad I get to wake up first thing in the morning and see my Trojans play. You know, uh, yeah, you know, I think that's that's just one of those things that I'll miss also this season. Is no tailgating. Yeah. Um, again, reflecting back to uh, to something that Clay said uh, during the, this morning's Zoom session. You know, he he commented on you know on, on how beautiful the Coliseum is. You know, at sunrise when the sun comes up, and I could I could attest to that because you know, and quite a bit, quite a few of my friends know, uh, tailgating has been a big part of my life for the last twenty plus years or so. Mm. And uh, you know, a lot of those years I was there at you know butt fuck early in the morning, twelve o'clock, midnight sometimes. Uh, in line for parking just to get in. See, I didn't even know it took that amount of dedication to get a parking spot in there. Well, this was during the Pete Carroll Halcyon year. So, you know, this is when literally cars would be wrapped around. Um, if you're if you're trying to enter off of Vermont, mm-hmm. uh, cars would be lined up on Vermont, backed up on the MLK, and would back up around, back up on the Figueroa, and then well, we don't have that parking lot anymore. That's gone. So all the parking is gone now. So that's, yeah, it's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother ball game. Well, that's but, how early we would have to get there. Yeah, uh, the that's parking. crazy. And, and because we wanted to be there that early to set up mm-hmm. and have the whole game day experience. But back to what he was saying, yeah, there is something special when that sun comes up and it, it kind of hits the the crest of the Coliseum, uh, the yeah. rim. Uh, it, it's kind of special. So yeah, you know, I, people, I think it'll be. I think it'll be an interesting scene. Uh, you know, the, the the California mornings are are a lot cooler than those 12 p.m. Uh, noon kickoffs or those 3, 3.30, 4.30 kickoffs. So, you know, I think this will play in SC's favor because I've always been a huge advocate. And I even asked uh, Mike Bone when we did our uh, interview with him, our Zoom. Right. What about switching sidelines? Because, you know, the, the in, in the September afternoons mainly, the Trojans would always be in the sun. You know, I guess it's not going to be as big a deal November 7th. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I, I think the weather's not going to be an issue this year. Should be a beautiful That's kickoff fun. to the. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be any fans who are going to have to deal with it. So, 
uh, some of us in the media um, will actually be outside. Um, I actually don't know where my seating location will be yet. Um, it could be actually inside the press box. I hope it is. Um, otherwise, I could be on the roof. Uh, it could be on this, like I said, Club 1923 level. So we'll see. They're just social distancing is going to be a priority. Um, you know, we in the media have been very fortunate to be able to attend the game. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be happy wherever they stick me. Uh, and there'll be three of us there uh, from USC Scoop uh, to, to bring you as much coverage as we can. Myself, Scott, and um, we're also going to have another photographer there as well. So we'll see how people see how it works out and see what we can bring you. So today, um, or tonight, uh, Monday, uh, Brandon and I wanted to start talking about the the uh, the rosters, the depth chart uh, for the yeah, ASU's depth chart. Yeah, um, I guess we're going to find out USC's depth chart um, by Friday, right? According to, according to Clay, um, but you know, ASU did release theirs, right? And uh, uh, you know, that's that's the old <laughs> NFL move by Hearn. Release it a week early. Let them know. You know, and I, I, how do you feel about that personally? What are your views? You know what? I, I don't think that whole NFL mentality thing. The, the whole thing about the depth chart is, you know, for me, it's all about the Vegas lines and gambling anyways. I mean, yeah, you know who's on the other team. Right. Uh, does it really matter who's starting and who's not if you know they're going to be playing? Other than that, a quarterback, does it really make a difference? No, nah, because most of the players in positions are rotational at this point anyway. Right. Outside right. of, like you said, quarterback, maybe a couple spots on the offensive line. Outside of those key positions, you know, you look at Alabama, they lose uh, their their top receiver last week. In, um, Waddle, Jalen Waddle. Waddle, yeah, right. And then this week they replace him, but not not with the guy they replace him with, but Devontae Smith goes out and has a 200-yard game. So, you know, most of these college teams are – or, or reload at the skill positions, so. Well, uh, you know, as far as Arizona State's concerned, they have a they had a really good 2020 recruiting class, so they've got a lot of good young talent. Yes, they do. Available. They do. However, uh, when we start looking at their their depth chart for this year, uh, starting a quarterback, um, everybody knows they have Jaden Daniels, and everybody's looking forward to you know what what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, but you know, heaven forbid he get hurt. You know, knocking on wood. I don't wish him. I don't wish injury on him. But um, the backup behind him is a walk-on freshman quarterback. Yep. And behind him is a freshman quarterback who just arrived this summer. So we all know that Jaden's a very athletic quarterback and can make plays out of the pocket when things break down. And Herm Edwards has been very outspoken, said, you know, we're going to tailor our offense around Jaden. You know, that's who we are and that's what it is. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how loose they want to be with him outside the pocket. Right. Because he gets hurt. Right. And he's not a very, uh, I don't know what, he, what he's measurable or what he's measuring in at this season, but he's, he's, like not, he, he's, a, he's a lanky kid, you know. Yeah. He's slight, that is for sure. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can see what he's got here on his uh, measurables. I pulled up his his bio, and I, it still had him listed as six three one eighty. I don't know if that's accurate or not, though. Yeah, you know, well, let's give him. Well, let's say he's a sophomore now, so let's give him ten more pounds. 
Okay, I was going to give him 15 to 195, but that's still pretty light for a QB. Especially, especially at that height. Right. He, he's slight. He's definitely a slight player. Right. So uh, definitely, I think, you know, I don't think the Trojans are, are bragging about their quarterback um, stable right now, um, but they definitely have more experience. Yeah. Correct. You know, behind Keaton, we've got Matt Fink, who, who definitely has game experience and who has shown he could lead the team to a victory when necessary. Um, and then we also, behind Matt, uh, I'm assuming this is going to be the depth chart. Uh, behind Keaton, it's going to be either Matt Fink or Mo Hassan, the, the transfer from, from Vanderbilt, grad transfer. Right. I'm, I'm so pretty I, sure Mo will be in that third slot, too. Yeah, I think, you know, just because of Matt's experience and, uh, with the team, I, I think Clay will probably reward not Clay as much as maybe uh, Graham Harrell will reward him. Correct. But uh, again, it'll be a it'll be a by committee. But like you said, either way, there's experience back there. Guys who have played in college football games, and, right? You know, are familiar with that with, with the yeah. speed of the game. So Jaden, there's nothing. So right, and, and let's you know we go back to last year. He missed that game, right, because of an injury. So. And that is part of the buildup for this game, you know, it's Keaton Slovis versus, you know, Jane Daniels, who are considered the two best quarterbacks in the conference. Right. Um, at least on paper and stat-wise, I would assume, coming back. Uh, UCLA might have a small argument with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. You know, he's got some, a lot of experience coming back. Stanford, what, they've got the, was Davis Mills? Uh, I believe, is Mills coming back or was he... I'm I just on the name off the top of my head. If you want to look yeah. at it, while I'm rattling off names. Um, yeah, I have. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't kept up with a lot of teams' dead charts. Uh, yeah, with, but with the Pac-12 pivoting back and forth. <laughs> uh, the point being is, there's not a lot of quarterback uh, depth returning in the Pac-12. No. So a lot of names. A lot of the names are going to be new to a lot of people. Now, on that note, staying with the depth chart in Arizona State. Uh, Protecting Jaden is going to be primary for them. And obviously the offensive line um, is your quarterback protector. Mm -hmm. uh, Arizona State's starting four new guys on their offensive line. And the one returning guy is a sophomore. So, um, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, our front seven is <laughs> that. Most definitely. This is where Todd Orlando, this is why we brought you here. Right. You know, take advantage of the situation. Um, you know, I, I watched Clay's, excuse me, his uh, interview with you all this morning, and I noticed uh, him and Graham here both talked about out-executing their opponent. Mm -hmm. But when you have four brand-new starters on the other side with the experience that USC has in their front seven, this mm -hmm. is when you out-execute your opponent. Right. I, I agree. I think um... – like you mentioned, I think Todd Orlando is going to want to test that offensive line real mm -hmm. fast. Um, so, you know, you've got Marlon Tuipolotu. You've got the Caleb Tremblay, um, Brandon Peely. Right. Drake Jackson uh, was back at practice today. Right. But, you know, Drake Jackson, he'll be that edge rusher from more of a linebacker a role. Yeah, but he's, and you he's know, he's going every time. time. Right. Exactly. And uh, McLean, uh, Hunter Eccles, you know, we've been hearing good things about all those uh, linebacker DN hybrids. So it'll be, you know, they'll get their shots. So it'll be interesting how they approach it with the, uh, a young 
athletic quarterback. But we got to remember, you know, even with Jaden Daniels' experiences, we've seen quarterbacks go into their sophomore slumps. And that's take note of that with Keaton as well. But in this situation with all these new starters around him, because, well, he's only returning one offensive starter uh, outside of him, correct? Um, Darby. You're right. They've got Darby at, at, at wide receiver. Plus, uh, right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a completely different situation than Keaton Slovis is dealing with at USC. Right. Well, the one thing we should point out, and, and, and Clay pointed this out as well this morning, um, Jaden Daniels, as far as his decision making, he protects the football. Yes. So, um, you know, obviously protecting, keeping him healthy is going to be priority one. Priority one A, he already has, a, you know, he takes care of that on his own. He protects the football. He only threw two interceptions on the year last year as a freshman. So if that carries over, um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, you, you're going to have a, an experienced USC defense that's going to be allegedly and hopefully much more aggressive. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got an ASU offense that's going to be incredibly young. And, you know, as far as their depth is concerned, it's, you know, there's not a lot of experience behind there. And, you know, starting at running back, um, they got a few guys. Uh, probably their starter is going to be a, uh, a Juco transfer. Right. Juco transfer. What's his name? Uh, I didn't catch his name. I'm uh, Rashad White. Rashad White. Yeah. Mount Santa. Yeah. Mount Santa. Yeah. Uh, Mount so they got him, and then uh, they also got a kid, you know, again, he's in the 2020 class. He arrived early, Daniel Nagata. I yeah. know a lot of Trojan fans uh, were hoping, you know, he would have been on the Trojans roster. Him and his brother. Him and his brother, yeah, who's at Clemson. Um, so athletic family, but, you know. But, yeah, they're young at running back, too, and then their third, possibly third string back is also a freshman who just arrived right. on campus. So. Right. So again, they're putting a, a lot of pressure on a young offensive line, uh, a lot of pressure on Jaden Daniels to to make this offensive work, right? And because they're building around him, so it's no. going to be imperative that his skill players be able to step up and, and help him out, right? And the thing continues when you go out to wide receiver as well. Yeah. You know, there's a possibility that they could be starting, or for sure they'll have two true freshmen in the mix. Um, yeah, you got so you got Frank Darby who's returning. Yes. It was going to be, you know. With a lot of experience. Now, if, if we, we take a second to talk about Frank Darby, Frank Darby is a big-time playmaker for ASU. You know, I, I think he was kind of overshadowed by Brandon uh, – how do you say his name? Iaku. Iaku. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk, yeah, last year. and uh, But Darby, you know, he made big plays in the passing game, downfield. So – yeah, but, you know, I, I think that pro I'm hoping that plays to USC's advantage. You, you can maybe kind of shade and, and give help to that side and and allow everybody else to maybe kind of play straight up man against these yeah. other guys. And I know that's Orlando and Orlando's style. And and I know Dante Williams coaches his guys to play like that. Um, so we'll see. I mean. <laughs> You, the, they have potentially you could have you know johnny wilson out there on the outside for asu six seven 225 230 pounds and that guy is six seven geez. yeah you know he he's got some physical attributes but to me he's i've seen this guy play um, right. you've seen him a few times haven't you yeah he lumbers when he runs he, he's not a fluid motion when he runs to me he he's a tight end um but 
you know, they're, they're using them on the outside right now. I'm sure they're going to line them up in various positions, you know, probably inside a little bit. Probably put him in some motion, maybe some H back slot areas. We'll see. Yeah, I'm sure he'll. he'll you know, they're going to move their guys around and try to set up. Yeah. Uh, Most definitely. You know, because if you look at the Trojan slot guy, we got Greg Johnson at what about five ten, five eleven, and Max Williams at five nine. So right, right. And you just know there's going to be a point in the game where Max Williams is going to be matched up against Johnny Wilson. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I will say this: if any, I'll take Max Williams competitiveness over anybody on that field sure. and it, right and i'm not this isn't a slight i'm just saying right but we know that that's something we're going to see because you have to try to exploit that as an offensive coordinator right and you know another player to keep an eye on uh, we mentioned last week uh, lb bunkley yes um from what we're hearing you know the guy has improved his route running and, okay uh, if that's the case yeah I, you know i I was really actually, a young man who was not afraid of contact and will go over the middle. So, yeah, I, I was actually a little bit surprised to see LV that high on the depth chart because I know how raw he is at the receiver position. But I also know he's worked really hard over the offseason, over the last two offseasons, really, to become a, a polished receiver. And he is a very athletic young man. So, yeah. you and know, a hard worker. Right. And really so, hard worker. You know, but. but there, that young group is going up against what I I would consider the strength of the Trojan defense, talent wise. Yes. Because when you look at that back five, I'm gonna include the nickel. So that back five, whether you look at the starting or the ones behind them, you got some solid guys back there. Yep, like some really solid athletes. Throw the star rankings out the window, and and a lot of them are highly ranked. Were highly ranked coming out of high school, but so, even yeah. the ones who weren't some athletic guys back there who could really move. I, I think the starting three cornerbacks, depending mm -hmm. on the personnel matchups that, you know, the, the opposition's throwing out there, obviously OG Elijah Griffin and, and Chris Steele are the, are your two guys with Isaac Taylor Stewart slotted. I, I think as the third guy. Mm -hmm. um, so, but then you also have, you know, We've got the nickel, at, like you, we were talking about with Greg and Max. Um, but the safety position, you know, Kalano Hufanga, Isaiah Polamau. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, a major advantage to USC in this game with the secondary versus a really you know, and I, and I young think, ASU wide, wide receiver group. I think another safety that we may see get into the mix, you know, maybe not early this season, but eventually is, is young Bam. You know. Uh, Britton Allen? Yeah, Brendan Allen. Yeah. We we hear, you know, I've been hearing a lot of good things about him, and, and we saw him last year early on playing, right. you know, taking first-team snaps, you know. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I think we got a lot of talent back there on the back end for the Trojans. So I can't, you know, I'm I'm excited. Well, we the name I think Trojan fans should keep an eye on on safety. Um, you brought up Brendan Allen. Um, the, the grad transfer – uh, Micah Kroom. Oh, Micah Kroom, yes. Yeah, yes. A lot of runs. Yes. Uh, usually when when USD starts promoting a player, uh, it's for good reason. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason on social media, uh, Micah's keep popping up a lot. So yeah. Well, I know he comes from a, a, a – I don't know a lot about his, his playing days before he transferred into USC, but I know he does come from, from a strong football family, so I'm not surprised at all. Yes. 
give. I believe he had a family member played at Penn State also. Uh, he, yeah, so, I, he's from Long Beach and it's crooms all over the place. There you there. go. Long Beach Poly has put out players forever. Yeah. Uh, well, the city of Long Beach has put out players forever. Right. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, after we, since we talked about their offense, what would you consider the the biggest worry for the Trojans going into this game facing ASU's offense? It's just containing Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I, I think you contain him. Um, I don't know how that offense is, is going to do anything just because of the youth, the, the lack of experience. Uh, now, you know, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate here. Uh, ASU actually had the benefit of seven spring practices, mm. which is six more than USC had. They've also, you know, being in Arizona, have had a much easier environment to work out as, as a team. Correct. So, you know, their chemistry, they might be much more together as a team just because they've been able to, like I said, they had a spring together and they, they haven't had to deal with some of the logistical issues uh, working out together as a team um, in a football setting. Correct. So, so that might work to their advantage. Now, again, with that said, they have just so much inexperience everywhere. Yeah. And this, it, you know, with, with that six practices or seven practices that they had in the spring, we don't even know which of the guys who are currently right. in those roles was right. even there for those practices. So it's, I, I get what you're saying. It definitely helps to have more on the field time. I'm trying to make the argument. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, this is, I'm, I'll be really pissed off if, if USC does not win this game by a significant <laughs> point. I like what you asked Clay this morning about that too. He dodged it. <laughs> well, he did and he didn't. And I'll, we'll come back to that in a second. I don't, my point being is, I don't know if ASU is going to be able to put up enough points to, to keep up with yeah. USC. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Right. They should, on paper, they shouldn't. So we'll right. see. Clay, he, he tried to dodge it. Um, at the very end, though, you know, he kind of came clean and says, you know, if we've got a multiple touchdown separation, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So um, he's not going to come out and say, yeah, you know, we're going to run up the score. Man. But he basically he said, you know, if we execute the way we're supposed to, we do what we're supposed to do. And we've got this multiple touchdown separation. The point is, yeah, you know, we got to we got to make this look impressive. He knows it. Right. Everybody knows it. You know, what my answer to that question would have been. All gas, no brakes. Well, yeah. Let's do it. I, they say he got the keys to a Ferrari, man. Drive that thing. What? He's coming along. He, you know, with Clay, he's very genuine. He's not going to force something he's not. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's told us he's, he's a little bit more Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde than he lets on to the, the, the people get to see. And We've seen a little bit of it during games, you know, when the camera catches it or, you know, if we catch it watching it from the, from the press box, but more than not, he, you know, he keeps his composure and he, he keeps things internalized for the team. It's not for the general public's consumption. Correct. And it shouldn't be, honestly, right. it shouldn't be. So I, I know he takes a lot of heat for his personality style, but it is what it is. Yeah. And the team respects him, and that's all that matters. Right. If they're willing to go out there and lay it on the line for him, I mean, at this point, I can't argue. No. No. Doesn't matter if we respect him or not, or if who does or who doesn't. 
Correct. When you lose the team's respect, that's when you're, you got to move on. So, yeah, there, that, that's where I'm at as far as ASU's offense versus USC's defense. Um, you know, in a nutshell, I, I think Todd Orlando is going to test that offensive line real fast. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of blitzing. Um, I think we're going to have the linebackers in the box close to stop the run. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have our guys on an island and say, Jaden Daniels, beat us with your young receivers on the outside. I'll I'll be interested to see how much they uh, blitz EA in this first game, because I know he has a lot of responsibility being the middle linebacker of this defense and, and, you know, running everything. But, man, he can get after the passer. Yeah, you know, you got EA, you've got Kanai Malga. Oh, Uh, man, yeah. So, you know, maybe we'll see both of them on the field at the same time. Maybe they'll, you know, just depending on the alignment. uh, Yeah. They're going to have a really athletic linebacker group. That's for sure. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Those guys can move across the field. Wherever you put them, they can move sideline to sideline up and down the field. So, yeah, you know, they might might line up, go forth in the middle to to start and put EA in the will. And you got, you know, Drake over there, you know, the Jack or whatever they're calling that position. And I I actually like that. That's not a bad suggestion right there because you kind of free up EA to do more pass rush that way. We should, we should hold on to that suggestion right there. Maybe we'll throw that out there if we don't see what we like on on Saturday. I'm assuming we're going to see a variety of stuff. So, you know, I would hope. Um, Yeah see what we got but you know let's shift over to the other side of the ball what is you know what does asu what does asu bring on the defense asu's defense well we could start with the old usc name you want to start there go let's start with old jack jones jackie jones is uh leading the way for the asu defense he's you know probably going to be a team captain this year <laughs> um he's probably the best player on their defense and uh he's you know Looking forward to having another shot at USC coming home to LA. So I mean, okay, you no, know, they run a three-four, uh, or actually well, they run a traditional four-three defense. Yeah, they're they're, they're switching. They run a traditional four-three, so they're going to have four down line the majority of the time. Um, yeah, Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce. Uh, for those who aren't aware or weren't aware, um, they're co-defensive coordinators this year. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Marvin Lewis went up to Herm Edwards and told him, I'm taking the job. <laughs> uh, Marvin, I, mean, I don't think he really had a job, so he, he kind of went to – He was his, like a defensive analyst or something with the team, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. So he, I, I, maybe he wasn't getting any other offers, but he, you know, the way Herm tells the story is Marvin said, it's my job, give it to me. And my wife said it was okay. So uh, Antonio Pierce was, you know, already – as a defensive coach on the staff, he's now been promoted to co-defensive coordinator. Um, and those, he's still those guys a bring linebacker a, coach too, correct? Yeah. So those two, those two bring a lot of NFL knowledge, you know, Super Bowl rings. Um, so that, that should grab their defensive players' attention. Yeah. It'll grab a recruit's attention, that's for damn sure. And then they got another uh... – Name SC fans will be familiar with on that coaching staff and young Chris Hawkins in the yeah. secondary back there. So, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure Herm Edwards is pretty hands on with those secondary cats. But man, yeah. that's a, a heck of a group to be learning from as a young coach. Right. So, but, you know, as far as a, like we're talking about the defensive staff, um, that, that's a, 
a lot of good names on that staff. Mm -hmm. uh, starting with Herm, Marvin Lewis, um, Antonio Pierce, and then you know they're bringing along some yeah. young guys. And, and I'm looking at the the depth chart, and they got some names back there. You know, Chase Lucas is a pretty good corner opposite Jack Jones. Right. Um, so that, that that's where they have experience. Yeah. Um, in their secondary, you know, uh, Ashari Crosswell, the safety. Correct. Uh, another guy from Long Beach. Yep, and he started uh, as a true freshman last year. Uh, uh, two years ago, so he'll be a junior this year. Man, time flies. I'm I awesome. know, I know. But, you know, again, he was another guy on USC's radar. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes there's just not enough spaces on the roster. And just hey, good talent got to go somewhere. It can't all come to SC. Right. So. And ASU has always recruited SoCal incredibly well. Um, I mean, you look up and down their roster, the vast majority of them are going to be SoCal prospects. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is ironic that for whatever reason – Arizona has a hard time keeping their best talent in state. And they end up coming to either California or Texas. Texas or, yeah. yeah. It, it's just a bizarre thing. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's different living there. Who knows? You get tired it, of well, it. Exactly, I was just going to say, you, you live in Vegas. You know what it's like to live there. It's, it's, yeah, you get tired it's of the It's hot. hot. It's one thing to come for a summer. It's on one summer, but that's about 18 of them. I lived in Arizona for five plus years, almost six years. It's it's hot. Yeah, it's hot, and it's hot. Well, I, I was looking at ASU's um linebacker depth chart, and, and there's some familiar names um that I that I follow from the recruiting trail. Um, Jordan Banks was a name who we were on last year. Yes, a Narbonne kid. He he's he's projected to be inside the rotation. Um, Merlin. Robertson has been a staple in that linebacking core for a few seasons now. Yes. From Sarah. Yep. Yep. Again, another, he was like another Coleman numbers guy. He just, it, it, USC wanted him, but they were, they just weren't sure if they had the right amount of space for him versus guy they just had higher on their, on their radar. Yeah. But, you know, he's developed quite well out there at ASU and, you know, again, now you've got Marvin Lewis and directing him. You got Antonio Pierce, and what, from what I understand, they're gonna, you know, trying to simplify things in their defensive year. Um, Marvin Lewis is really good at doing that. You know, people will remember Mark Vontez Perfect, who played at ASU. Uh, he also ended up playing at Cincinnati, where Marvin coached him. Oh, yeah. So, um, if they have to perfect the defense and make it easy to understand. Um, people understand what I mean by when I finger quote that. Um, basically, it just might be a seek and destroy type of defense. You know, line up in a four three, get to the quarterback as quickly right. as you can, and uh, force Keaton to get rid of that ball. So it'll be incumbent on on ASU's defense at linebacker and 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 their secondary to create turnovers. Yeah, it'll be interesting what type of alignment they actually come out with with their linebacker and sec secondary position wise mm -hmm. uh, with. You know, USC is probably going to have four wide out there on a nice percentage of their 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 snap toes. Even because Drake London's kind of kind of a wild card. You never know if he's going to be you know closer to the line of scrimmage, substituting for a tight end or split out. Well, here, I think. Well, here you know what they've been in, they've been bragging tight end all fall camp. I mean that USC has been pumping the tight end. 
I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. Sorry. <laughs> Until you see it, I hear you. I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. Sam was the last quarterback to really use the tight end. That pitcher is going to stay full and until they start pouring it for everybody to drink. I agree with you. So even if, my point being, I think we're going to see some three wide receiver sets. You're going to see the Jude Wolf lined up in tight end. You're going to see the Eric Cromenhook lined up at tight end. Now, I know this is going to sound bad. It's just, a, it's just another aspect of the Trojan offense that tests the defense. Is Josh Follow still on the team? He is. Why did I not know that? You know, if you don't hear a player's name, assume that he's probably not given that the effort that the coaches are looking for. I'm trying to put it as nicely as, and as politically correct as possible. Gotcha. Whether or not the player has other interests, whatever the case might be. Now, I heard some, I, I heard some rumbling that he came in uh, a bit overweight uh, when they reported for fall camp or whatever you want to call it. And he's just been working his way back into some condition. And when I found out he was still on the team, that was what I heard. But, you know, I was – I thought he was gone. I thought he had graduated. Or, you know, some there are players that remember. Let's remember these are student athletes. Yeah, they come to college are 17, 18 years old, and I remember when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. When I'm in college, I'm enjoying those years. Yeah, some of these guys enjoy college, and the stuff that goes on enjoying college yeah that extracurricular stuff is it's there you know this is where you're figuring out who you are as a person yeah that's you know, a remember point. i asked i asked clay straight up you know what's up with trevor trout he's going to be a medical registered he will probably not be will, won't be on the roster next year um, i'll he never came to usc to be a football player i'm going to say that straight up mm. um he just had other interests that are more important to him. And that's fine. Um, at a certain point in his first couple of years at USC, he decided, you know, he's going to be, he's going to use his education to better his life in a different direction. And football wasn't going to be it. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. And you're not going to get that with every college football player. And some people just need to come to that understanding. Because yeah. you, I think what you're getting at is, a lot of these players, they get their name dragged through the mud, you know, on social media, on the message boards, and they get talked down about. It is what it is. Right. All of these guys aren't always going to develop into an NFL caliber player. Yeah, and I mean, even numbers-wise, it's, it's just not it, – it's not even possible. It, it can never be that way. So, right. you know, hey, enjoy life. You were fortunate enough to, to get the opportunity to attend this, you know, magnificent college and get this great degree – Make the most of it after that, you know. And right. I, I've, I've followed multiple USC players who didn't go to the NFL and have made the most. Right. The the network that comes from being a USC Trojan. So hey, you know, and it sounds like we're writing him off. Josh Fallow could turn out, can break out this year and and have an All American or All Conference season for all yeah, of them. He wasn't a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got that bone <laughs> firmly locked in your mouth. Like a pit bull right now. Uh, I think we're going to see at least. I'm going on record right now. Seven game series, seven game season, 
we're going to get at least 45 receptions out of that tight end position. I'll say 30, so I'm going to go with the under on that one. All right. I'm going 45. You got to remember how many times we throw the ball per game. I've seen them squeeze 21 out in a regular season. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going 30. We'll see. Three a game, less than three a game for sure. But, you know, look, uh, getting back to ASU's defense. So, the strength of their defense is definitely going to be at linebacker. Uh, you mentioned Merlin Robinson. Um, they also have Darion Butler, uh, who's kind mm -hmm. of a hybrid. He kind of floats back and forth between that linebacker safety position. Uh, but he's a, one of those sure tacklers. Um, and that, I think that's something that will, ASU will definitely have just because of who they are. Um, they're, they're going to be a sure tackling team. And that's going to be important to keep an eye on on both sides of the ball for both defenses. Right. Who's going to right. tackle better in this game? Who's going to come into this first game from Prepared. the offseason? Yeah. Oh, Turnovers. I, I, I think who can tackle the best mm -hmm. and who wins the turnover battles. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those two things kind of go hand in hand with just being physical. If you're yeah. a physical team, you're going to – nine times out of ten physical teams know how to tackle the right way. And when you tackle and you hit the right way, you create turnovers. Uh, there's another linebacker that ASU has. I don't know how much play he'll get in this game. Uh, I know USC kind of looked at him early, uh, mm -hmm. but he, he, he's kind of a player in the, in the Hunter Eccles mold. Uh, his name's Caleb McCullough. Yeah, I, I remember him. Yeah, he's out. I think he's from Oxnard or from that area. Keep an eye on him, uh, maybe not this year, but over the next couple of years. He, he's in a player. He's, he's going to be a player to watch. Um, and then, you know, on their defensive line, you know, they've got a, they got Jermaine Loyal, Lowell, Lolay. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, they've got a Mary Johnson, um, Stefan Wright, Robert Rodriguez. But again, I think USC's offensive line should handle I know it. that's a concern for USC fans. Um, but we've got enough guys returning that if you know if they're playing together, we should be able to dominate this, at this position. Yeah, no, this is definitely. I mean, and and not to short anybody on this ASU defensive line. I haven't been at their practice, but there's right. no name on that on that list or of the depth chart that really stands out as. Right. And their nose tackle, I, I believe, he's even questionable for this game. Yeah, um, Johnson. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see where these guys are at. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have more. We'll be able to, to bring you a little bit more. But right now, that's where we're at with ASU's giving us their depth chart. Um, hopefully we've broken that down enough for you. USC will release their – I'm sorry? Specialists, they did give us a punter. And a <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that as a surprise for Trojan fans. There you go. Look at that. Uh, although, you know, if USC's defense plays up to uh, their capabilities – Maybe we'll be here in ASU calling out their, their kicker's name all game long. So, yeah, we'll get for those of you who want to know who ASU's kicker's name, it's another one of those Zendejas. Uh, this one is Christian Zendejas, hmm. nice. a sophomore. So, I don't want to know the kicker's name. I just want to hear the punter, hear it all day long. Um, he, let's see, they got a junior punter, Michael Turk. Yeah. Who's they better be calling. Turk should have about seven punts, averaging 35 yards a punt. 
Well, he's actually coming back to ASU. Uh, I guess he applied for the NFL. Uh, he even signed with an agent. Um, but he, he wasn't drafted. So somehow now the uh, NCAA granted him the waiver to come back. Good for him. Uh, I'm, I'm glad the NCAA made that, that choice. Good for him. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, you know, hopefully uh, we do see a lot of ASU special teams from the punters and uh, maybe their, re- their return unit. Right, yeah, their kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Which means USC is kicking off a lot. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I mean, just looking at the matchup, um, you know, I have been saying previously that this is probably going to be our toughest game mm-hmm. coming into this Pac-12 only Southern Conference deal. And looking at the, the the rosters, I don't want to play that game too deep, but USC definitely has the talent advantage when you you know. Well, they all they're always going to have the talent advantage, pretty much against everybody they play. Yeah, especially uh, this year in particular, though they have the advantage with depth, experience, and depth. And, yeah. experience. and I think that's one of the big things we have to really consider. You know, our numbers are really back in a stable position. I mean, they have been for about two seasons. But it's more so with quality outside of just filling up those spots now, you know. So this will be, you know, when this this is the time to turn the corner. Whether it's a seven-game season or or an asterisk season or whatever, this is the time for USC to start turning that corner and getting back to the elite status. You know, they they, they built up some depth on the offensive line. Um, they have to develop those guys, but the numbers are there. Right. So – yeah, I'm not quite sure who's going to be the guys behind the, our starting O-line. Uh, I think it's pretty much set. Uh, you're going to have AVT at, at left tackle. I, I think you're probably going to have either Justin Dietrich or uh, Liam Douglas at left guard. And if you don't, you're going to have Andrew Voorhees at left guard. You're going to have Brett Nealon at center. At right guard, you're going to have Liam Jimmins and either Douglas or Jason Rodriguez backing them up. And then at right tackle, you're going to have Jalen McKenzie. And then again, you can mix and match with um, the cross uh, the cross training behind him at tackle with Jason Rodriguez. And hopefully we don't have to get into the freshman class that came so in. So do you see, because because I, I heard you mention Voorhees is possibly a backup at left guard. Do you see him being possibly that sixth man coming I just in? see if he's healthy, they're going to plug him in. If they're, if, if they're competent in his ankle and he's healthy, mm-hmm. I think they're going to plug him in just because they like how big and strong he is. Right. And he's got a lot of experience. He's played a, a, at a number yeah. of spots on that offensive line, right, right tackle, so – Correct. So let's go. Let's just say your 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 first string is going to be ABT, Voorhees, Nalen, Jimmins, McKenzie. Behind him, we mentioned some names. Behind those guys, we mentioned names that are going to be rotated in and out. Right. And that's a strong first string offensive line. A lot of experience, and we've seen their size. That they look right, big bodies. Some, yeah, they put on some good weight in the weight room during the off season. Um, starting running backs. Man, um, plug and play. Do you want to go Stephen Carr and Vavai Malapaya? Vavai Malapaya, uh, starting in the backfield. Do you want to go Marquis Step and Keenan Kristen back there? 
You got four great ones to choose from. Yeah, I, I'll give Carr the start, but I'm pretty sure it'll be a rotational basis as far as who's getting the bulk of the work. Wide receiver, um, gosh, Graham Harrell, Keaton Slovis, those guys are just like, just throw them out there. I don't care who they are. Just put them out there. Yeah, uh, I got more toys than you do, no matter what. Right. We're not playing Alabama this week, so I got more toys than you do, so let's go. Uh, on offense, yeah, like I said, I will be – Highly, highly disappointed if USC does not win this game by at least three touchdowns. The line is 11. Mm -hmm. I said, in order to make a statement, you got to double that. I like it. And you know what? Clay can't say it. We can. It's a beauty contest this year. Yeah, no. And, and, and we're coming to the show late. Let's remember that. Exactly. Exactly. To the show late. So if we're going to make an impression, we got to make it a good one. It made an impression. Look, Oklahoma, they, they had two losses. All of a sudden, they dropped 62 on Tex on a two-win Texas Tech team on Saturday. And they go from outside the polls to number 19 in the AP poll, one spot ahead of USC. So that's what USC's up against. Um, if they win, great. Look good doing <laughs> it. So you can get back on the bump in the polls. Yeah. So next yeah, week, you know, um, we will have Josh with us. Uh, hopefully we can get Scott to join us because we will be reviewing USC versus ASU. Reviewing that dub. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll, uh, by that time, we'll see that hashtag Boulevard video back up doing its thing. Oh, man. I, do, do we want to talk about that whole situation? Well, I'm going to give it the night off. We'll, All right. We'll, we'll readdress it. Um, I threw enough shade at, at USC uh, on Sunday. Um, yeah. We'll leave it there. If you want to know how I feel about it or how, uh, go to uscscoop.com and go to the Sunday takeaways. and uh, You'll understand where I'm at with that. I think we figured out, though, uh, who, who told USC to, or who told Mike Bone to, uh, to pull the video, or at least make the statement on behalf of USC. Politics of college football. Yeah. Only during COVID time. It's because the world's a crazy place now, so, you know. Well, you know what? Hopefully, uh, day after tomorrow, things can get back to normal. Everybody remember, go out and vote tomorrow. Go and vote. And then on Wednesday, uh, get back to living your life with some common sense. Yeah, please, 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 folks. I'm, I'm begging you. The, as important as this election is, don't let it change the course of, you know, what your, what your plan is and what your goals are. You That's know, right. obviously, That's if your guy wins or not, continue on. You know, right. we're one big Trojan family, right? Right. Got to get that plug in for the podcast that we'll uh, <laughs> be converting this into. So, on that note, Brandon, my man, it's been fun. Nah, thank you, Mark. Yeah, uh, this time next week we'll be one and zero. Hopefully, we'll be uh, top fifteen, working our way up. Yeah, man. Uh, getting ourselves in that that playoff uh, conversation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to an impressive victory for the Trojans. Um, no injuries. Hopefully, they deliver. I'm not even gonna knock on wood. I can't jinx this. Come on, let's do it. Let's go. Well, you know what? I, the reason I'm doing that is it's it, everything's been such a strange off season. 
What's been really strange is the injury report has been almost nothing. And it's been a very physical fall camp. No, 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 no. I ain't playing that game. So address no. real quick. This is year 2020. Two and a half of Aaron Osmus in that strength and conditioning program. There you go. And dividends. Okay. And that's all these guys have been able to do all offseason is work out. So and, and but the fact that he's done it and they've been able to, you know, they've had some soft tissue injuries, but they haven't had anything major. That he was he took care of those guys as he worked them. So I I think double A is doing a great job in strength and conditioning. That's right. Fight on double A. All right, guys. Till next week. Thanks again, Brandon. Uh, fight on. And, uh, Thank you for having me, Mark. Always. Yeah, it's not me having you. This is our show. Take care, my man. Yeah.